0: Matt did rodeo stuff. I talked about my upcoming Kickstarter campaign, masterclass, good um, cross country golfing pictures, awesome man. Without further ado, episode 39 next.
1: You cannot be serious.
0: I mean, i take this is YouVocal. Shalom. This is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please click on the PayPal donations link on our website to show us how much you love us. Because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. And the address is... BigLensFastShutter.com
1: Now, off to news. News. Here news. Both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because we are big-time sports photographers.
0: And a fan of Johnny Football. 22nd. What's the good? Uh, What's the bad?
1: No. (laughs) I, you know, I shot rodeo the whole month. I was away for most of it, uh, so nothing bad about that. I did get caught in a wind and dust storm, and I did get caught in a ton of mud and rain, so it was very challenging. It's like a foreshadow of what we're going to
0: talk about. A little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. No, it was good. Lots of shooting, lots of traveling, lots of political nonsense, still shooting rodeo, so no complaints.
0: My good was that... This is I. This is I, I. Should but my marketing guy told me that I have to talk about this somewhere and everywhere now because at, by the time this goes out, um, my Kickstarter campaign for the book for my World Cup is going to start. It's going to go on for the next four weeks. It will end on the day I leave for Brazil, which is on the tenth of June. World Cup starts on the twelfth of June. For people who don't know what the World Cup is it's it's a little tournament they play every four years i'm sure you know because it's a sportsography podcast i'm sure you know what it is like no it's 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 the the soccer thing you know i would love for you to buy well actually pitch into my project we'll have all the details and things like that on the website and we'll probably have it for every time like for next uh, four weeks so you can have a look and decide if this is a worthy cause to uh, put your money into so that's that On the other hand, the bad was that I had a deal with a certain company to shoot a final of the Champions League final. Because company A was funding three of the four teams in the semi-final, and company B was funding one of the four teams in the semi-final. So, what company A told me is that if both of, you know, if two of the our teams in goes to the final, then we will ask you to shoot for us for the entire game in the final. I mean, it's a good deal, you know? Obviously, what happened is that the one semi-founders, both company A team, so one, one, and company one company A team was in the final, and the, the other one was a company A against company B, and lo and behold, company B wins. So basically, I don't get the job. So I lost about like I don't know one thousand seven hundred euros, that's big money. So that's not good. That's really about it for the bad stuff. It's not too bad. I've just been really like locked on and doing my Kickstarter thing. Which is very interesting. I will be shooting. Well, by the time you probably listen to this, I would have actually shot my first ever Liverpool match in at in Anfield, which I've never ever ever done. By the time you listen to this, Liverpool would have either like had the biggest three four game stretch that they you want to forget forget because they were you know, they had the uh, the one hand on the um, the championship and they probably lost it out, or they have this last day miracle they win the Premiership. So we'll see what happens. By the way, for some people in America, they call it the English. Is it English Premiership?
1: Yeah, EPL.
0: It's just Premiership for people. Just you sound like an idiot when you say English. It's just just call it the Premiership. And people understand what it is. It's like I don't know. Just Think about something else. Like oh, it's 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 like tissue paper. It's not called like Kleenex tissue paper. Like I just don't I don't need those things. It's, don't worry about it. That is actually it for, for news. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com. First of all, we like to thank you, so it's coming from me and Matt and Rob, for Mr. Tachiko who started a training ground for us because we forgot about it. We don't usually forget. But we do. And I think I might I might as I was even thinking about actually asking him to do it every month because so we won't forget about it. If you're listening, I mean yeah, we'd be more than happy for you to do it every single month. I mean it's 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 quite tedious stuff we have to do on um the 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 flicker thing i mean we enjoy it but like quite administrative things that we we really wish someone else can do it the chico if you want to start it every single month i we more we'd be more than, more than happy to do it i mean we were more than happy for you to do it for master class we have decided to go with rob's suggestion partly it was he said something about cleaning your equipment and things like that and as you can imagine sports it's not always played in inside clean surface or anything like that it just you you you, sports is playing in outside mud, rain a beer everything matt's just gonna tell you a little bit about what you know gets them either prepared or he's aware of when he's shooting rodeo or baseball because i don't think basketball we'd have to worry about anything dust and things like that but especially like outdoor sports and rodeo and i will probably chime in a little bit more about what i had to do deal with um uh, in football and in other sports that require me to be quite
1: concerned about the well-being of the equipment that i have so matt cohen so in the past month i've had basically everything that can go wrong due to weather go wrong one week it was hot and a Dusty windstorm, and the next week it was cold and rainy and muddy. One of the misconceptions of buying pro gear is that, oh, it's weather sealed and rubber gaskets and all that kind of stuff. And that's true to a certain extent. You can be outside in the rain for a few minutes, but the longer you stay out there, that water is going to find a way in. It's just how it is. Like, they're not, there's a reason that your camera has ceiling on it to keep things out. But there's also a reason they don't dive in the swimming pool without an underwater housing. So the key to remember is be prepared. So you don't need to have the $200 think tank camera covers, although they are nice to have. uh, You can have tape and plastic bags if you're going to be out there for a little bit. And if what you're doing isn't critical, or if you can work around the limitations of having trash bags all over your gear. I prefer to have the Think Tank stuff. I have one for my 400 and I have one for my 70 to 200. Uh, I use them both and I have used them both in the last month. This doesn't really work quite as well because you don't want to have those on in a dust storm because then it just makes everything more dusty. But it's really important to at least know that the what the conditions are going to be and kind of be as prepared as you can. There's always going to be a time where you're going to have to decide, is being out in this weather worth it? for the pictures that I need to get, or is it just time to call it a day because I can just get these pictures next week when the weather isn't quite so bad. For what you and I do most of the time, it's gonna be we have to really kind of just muddle through, but that calculation can change depending on what you're doing. After effects of all of this are, what do you do when your stuff does get dusty and does get muddy and wet? I've always cleaned my own gear. Especially the sensor and there's a good reason why if you get dust on the sensor and you're shooting it anything over f4 I guess it's gonna show up on the sensor and you can send that in you can take it into a camera shop. But the thing is that as soon as you change lenses you could be getting dust again. So Learning how to clean your sensor is really important and there's a lot of videos out there on YouTube the gear that you want to have is a rocket blower to blow all the easy dust out of the mirror box and then once you trip the shutter and blow it off of the sensor i also use a little brush that's called a sensor sweep i think they still sell those you can you charge it with the rocket blower get some static electricity going and then brush off the sensor with the little brush and then if you have really hard to reach stuff or hard stuff that's really stuck on there you can use eclipse and any kind of uh, sensor swab that they sell i use the ones from a company called visible dust Um, you can get those on amazon or on their own website basically these are good because they clean the corner as well as they clean the middle of the sensor so one or two sweeps with little bit of eclipse fluid and you can get all that off of there after that it's just being careful when you're changing lenses so you're letting as little dust in there as possible you can see that if you send it in you pay 20 or 30 bucks to have somebody clean it the next time you go out it can be dusty again and you're just always chasing your tail on that so I would really recommend looking at the YouTube videos and learning how to clean that stuff yourself because the alternative is constantly sending it in or dealing with a dirty sensor and constantly having to photoshop out dust spots which is a gigantic pain in the ass so those those are my experiences and advice uh even just in the last month i've never cleaned
0: sensor ever in my life before i usually just like bring it because i'm i'm part of mps i just go over there and they just do it like I think, I think it's even no, it is free. I have to pay like ten euros, so like ten dollars, you know, to get it done. And I don't do it all the time because most of the time I have a uh, not what is it called the rocket thing, the blower thing. What is it called? The yeah, rocket blower. Yeah, I have a rocket blower and I just blow it and that's it. If it gets to a point that I could start seeing the the dust on the um, the pictures, I bring it somewhere. But in most cases, like I'm quite not really anal about it but like for instance like when i go for a shoot um i put you know i take the the lens cap off and i take the body cap off and i you know put them together put the lens and the body together when i'm done i blow the cap inside like with my you know with my mouth like that i get most of the dust off i think and then put it back on if you're careful not that much dust will get in as long as you're not in a dusty place if you're in a dusty place i mean t- tough luck you have to probably go somewhere like in a bathroom or something and put it on if you really want to be very very careful I really we really don't it's part of like working outside and doing sports that things will get dirty and as long as it's not going to i don't know interfere with electronics that's the that, that's it's, that's the main thing. I think that I've had a couple of times that my gear got completely drenched because it's the torrential down, um, uh, downfall, downfall, torrential waterfall, rainfall, torrential downfall. It didn't turn on after the game. Like it just won't turn on. I left it there. Like I didn't do anything. I just like left it off and like left it there overnight um near a heater and it was fine the day after <laughs> it was okay so yeah like master like it is weather sealed and all that kind of stuff but it will things will get in but there are a lot at least for the professional grade gear they're a lot uh, more resistant to a lot of things so i wouldn't get really worried when like a little bit of rain starts happening just make sure like you kind of dry things off afterwards and when you get back home just like take the the stuff out and just like let it dry don't really turn it on or just let it dry but for people who are who are having like normal gear you know like yeah just make sure that you cover the lens and where the lens meets the um body and the body because the body itself is probably not that bad i think but the lens i would probably get a bit worried when more moisture goes in like between the the elements and things like that probably not a very very good thing make sure you do have something when you go for a shoot outside that can possibly cover it so it could be a towel it could be a piece of plastic anything would actually do so majority of it, like if you basically get rid of like 90 percent of all the moisture coming on to the equipment you're going to be okay it's better really than nothing and that would work in most cases because in most cases it doesn't rain that much the worst I, I've ever had was the one that, you know, the camera won't turn on when I got down with the shoot. Two other really bad ones are beer and sand. In football, you get a lot of these rowdy, crazy people start drinking and they get really drunk and they start throwing beer everywhere, especially in Germany. And um, I've gotten my fair share of like beer on my equipment. And that you have to get it off as soon as possible because it's got a lot of sugar in it and um, it will get really sticky. And this is disgusting. Part of like my on off switch on my the D4 right now it's a bit sticky right now because of the stupid beer. The other thing is sand. I've actually shot a couple of sand stuff. Um I did like beach soccer. That is really dangerous in a way that like however however careful you can you can be, the sand will get into like especially on the um the focusing ring on the lenses and the, the zoom ring. So what can you do? Just try not to go close to the sand or Maybe you can put something around it, but it's very, very, very difficult. Like, I had to actually send my 7200 into um, for cleaning after that because it's got a lot of sand in it after. I was being very very careful about it. Sand will,
1: it'll just kill your gear. It's, yeah. The grains of sand are big enough relative to the parts in the camera that they can throw, you know, they can throw the threads of the lens off track. And then you can feel it in there. It's grinding up the sand. And then that sand is getting all over everything. If it gets on the actual glass, if it's between the rings and the glass, it can scratch up the elements. So you really, really need to be careful of all that. So, yeah, just
0: make sure, you know, you're prepared for it and you know beforehand where you're going to be going. Like if you know for sure you're going to go to a beach and be shooting, then, yeah, I mean, make sure that you bring proper protection for it. If you know it might be raining, yeah, make sure like at least you have like some kind of a plastic thing or a towel to bring with you, and yeah, just for the sensor stuff, just you know, I mean, I think I will, I don't think I'm ever gonna start cleaning sensor because I'm a bit too I don't know, I'm, I don't really feel I don't really trust myself cleaning it, but like Matt says, it doesn't really sound so difficult, so I guess even I can probably start doing it. It's part of the uh, the job. You have to make sure your your gear is um, in tip top shape when you go shooting, and that will conclude
1: our masterclass if you are listening to this on itunes thank apple and then rate us the higher we are rated the more popular we are and one day we might be featured as the top sports photography podcast that's it
0: Not only is you win a monthly themed competition, it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Listeners pit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS. And of course, win a t-shirt while you're at it. You're going to play along? Pause this podcast now. Good, I'm sure you paused it then. Now go to Flickr group page and click on this month's you win thread. Will you win? Find out now. And this month, we had patterns in the background and foreground i said background i also accepted uh, foreground it's very important that you start thinking about background a lot of people don't which is really a shame because not just for pattern's sake and not just you know for like yeah just like for for background's sake but because there's so many things that's going on in the background sometimes it really distracts from what's happening in the foreground which is you know in most cases Ooh, the, the the protagonist in the entire frame if you have a lens that will not give you a big aperture like a wide aperture like 2.8 and things like that and you're left with like four or 5.6 you have a lot of things in the background and focus then you have to really start thinking to yourself okay my equipment this is what i can do this is but the the best i can do with a background so let me try to find a background that is a very beautiful or very complimentary to the entire frame and do it that way then it doesn't really matter like what kind of an aperture you have you just kind of you know incorporate the background to your subject and voila everything's good saying that we've got our list of contestants this month like it wasn't very good mean like wasn't that many all right matt which one number three
1: i only have one and two
0: well i can't really give that one now all right
1: i agree which one's number two slilio with the people shaking hands after the soccer game okay um so this there's a pattern so there's a pattern with the yellow blue yellow blue and i like that but beyond that i like the symmetry of the gold being in the middle behind and then the two lights being behind also so this just ends up being a pretty picture way prettier than a normal after the game handshake would be
0: not my number two j rash is for me is number two um it's a track and you have the i think i think that's the marker for the end of where you have to swap the baton for for the relay it's pattern. And that's what I wanted, and this is what I wanted to see, and he did it. But the problem with this is that the foot is awkward, because it's just one, and it just looks really out of place. I wish it would have been a bit more, so you could actually see two feet, or you could... But just one in that particular position of the foot is very, very awkward and not very pleasing in the on the eye. So yeah, that's my number two. It's a bit slim pickings today. One,
1: Matt. Um, yeah, the only other one that I liked is the uh, Night Hockey League Finals by Mikhail Borman. The pattern obviously is the seats behind, but I like that he did a longer exposure for this and that you can see both of the players pretty clearly and the blur in the players set against the blur of the pattern of the seating in the background. So this one is the, I don't know. It's, it's not my favorite picture ever, but it's just more pleasing to me than the other ones. I like this one, but to me it
0: wasn't like pattern enough to actually just like call because I really wanted some kind of a pattern to, the background i think the blur is very very i like i think it's very, very pleasing and i think if we're just talking just generally just background i would have actually chosen this over J Rash's stuff really i'm sorry but it's been really, really bad this month like i think there i invited a couple other people's uh photos and didn't submit it but there's some really much stronger ones i've actually saw on, um i saw on the uh our pool than ones we've actually got over here i like this one it's very symmetrical, it's very pattern. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, it's not particularly a background, it's more of a pattern. And I was asking for a background that that's, was going to accompany the um, uh, the foreground or the just main subject on the frame and that's not what I was, this is kind of what I wasn't asking for. Although I invited this forward because I find it very, very pleasing in terms of the patterns. I don't really want to give first place this month at all. Because I just don't think it's really... I'm not really blown away by any of these things. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, while we're on it, I think we should talk about the other ones um, just because there's so few of them. Kevin, this... So this is a good effort. It's, you know, you saw something. So the the netting is a little bit in focus in the front and then you have the goals in the background, but it's not balanced. There's There, sh- there really shouldn't be more space on one side than there is on the other side if you're looking to have a pattern... You really this is the kind of thing where it's not enough to just see that there are patterns you need to have there needs to be a subject to it and this guy walking from one side to the other side is not enough of a subject to really make the picture um so you you do have patterns but the picture overall isn't interesting enough because the guy's not doing anything
0: yeah and that's the thing like doesn't i mean if if i'm just asking for patterns in the background you just like take wallpaper and just call it that like, that's not enough it's not enough that you do one particular like i'm asking for you to do like a um, to shoot a particular theme and all you do is just a theme you have to have something interesting going on inside the frame to justify what you've actually done, which is to shoot a background with patterns, so we're just gonna go to I'll just mic groom bit. It's a no-no because of the fact that it's it's awkward that car there, and it's does not really complimentary. If you're gonna be shooting any sort of pattern, it really everything kind of to me has to be quite straightened out. Everything has to be in line. It should be very very accurate and all the kind of thing. And it's, it's neither. Yeah, the walls are you know of nice color and everything, but. The car just kind of like three quarters sticking out, and it's got the 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 thing open in the back, and that's it's not really sports unless there is something interesting happening, like maybe they're checking the uh, the car ready to go and things like that. Yeah, it could be, but just with this, it's not really a pattern thing at all, as well. So
1: nice try, badly executed. Yeah, this this next one. So this is just sloppy. You know, mm-hmm. I just there is need to take more pride in what's inside the frame of their pictures. You know, I don't care if you crop it out. I don't care if you use a longer lens or something. But so, yeah, there's a pattern in the background because there's empty seats. But that car, the black car on the left of the frame, why is there half a car there? And then why is the car that is the one that's popping out the most hidden by, I don't even know what that is, like part of the wall or something that's sticking up higher than the rest of the wall? These are things that you need to work out before you take the picture or once you take the picture and then realize, oh, this isn't working. Like, you need to be able to look at this frame and say, what are the things that are wrong with it? Well, there's half a car and the main car is blocked out in not a visually pleasing kind of way. So, you know, and then the the lower right corner isn't doing you any favors either. Like, there may have been something here, like a bright yellow car against the background and you did some panning and that's nice, but the edges of the frame are just killing you. And you picked a spot to shoot the main car where it was more blocked off on one half of the car than the other half of the car. It's sloppy. Any, anybody who is an editor, anybody who's a buyer, anybody who sees this is going to recognize sloppiness from second one that they see this picture
0: so no winner so next month we're doing uh celebration
1: well because a lot of leagues
0: and things like that uh, are coming to an end uh, we're gonna have champions for a lot of sports so I thought the best thing we can do it's to have people shoot happy celebration pictures off titles and so if there's actually not that many like titles and things like that um what the titles like winning teams around your area like nothing like your team wasn't very very good in your local area you couldn't actually get that then i think i suggest that i, I would like for you to shoot celebrations of any kind it pertains to sport so if there's certain celebrations for goals celebration for win anything i'd like to see that
1: If you came here looking for info on training ground, you are out of luck, kind of, but not quite. We've moved it to YouTube, and therefore you'll get to see your rewards and punishments on video. Go to YouTube.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter for separate words. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? Say we got no soul? Hell no we're going to prove you wrong with Cross counter. time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. Cross counter, it is Matt Cohen. Go ahead, which one's your, which one are you crossing and countering today? <laughs> so this is a Boston Marathon picture by Mary Schwalm of the AP. It is people watching the Boston Marathon and they're standing on a barricade and you can see a runner in the background with USA flag socks on. The people who are shooting the Boston Marathon this year had a kind of a unique challenge. It's not just another marathon. It's not just another Boston Marathon. Because of the bombings last year, there are all kinds of other things that are now way more important than the race itself a lot of these pictures are of signs and a lot of them are of security and things that i don't know i guess are more important now than they were in the past another thing that's more important now than in the past are spectators because you know if you want to run the race then that's one thing but if you're if you have no stake whatsoever in the race and you're kind of taking your own security into your own hands by going to the race then that makes being a spectator more heavy than it used to be. There are pictures of fans in this collection. You can look at the rest of them, but they're not very good. And even this one isn't a perfect picture. Rhi and I were talking about this before because it's it's kind of off balance. There's an odd number of feet and the perspective isn't perfect. But I really do like the way that the fans are standing on the barrier and the way that there was just enough room in between two of them so that this person said, okay, well... I can compose around this. And then I don't know how long she was there for, but she definitely got lucky because somebody was running by that had interesting outfit on. And, you know, because everything terror related has to tie back into patriotism, she got a picture of some pretty patriotic socks. So again, it's not perfect, but I really like the idea of kind of staking out this shot and then waiting for something to come. And if we're going to tie it also back to the patterns in the you win for this month, especially Kevin's picture of the soccer goals and the netting. So if you had had somebody who was running across doing shuttle runs or something, like if if this picture didn't have the person with the socks, and if your picture did have it or something, then your picture would have been better than it was. This one, she waited for something to happen. So you have the spectators, you have a unique perspective on the spectators, but you still need something in the race to complete the picture. So if you look at this picture and you think, well, what would it look like if you didn't have that person with the socks in there? It wouldn't even be a picture. It would just be a throwaway. But because somebody decided to dress up like that and the photographer had the patience to wait it out until something interesting came in between these two sets of feet, then you have a picture.
0: In terms of actually like taking a shot like this, so yeah, I mean, it, like Matt said, like you have to be quiet. You have to wait and be lucky. That's the only thing. I mean the mary could have known that for you know for a long time that this lady with the socks was coming and she kind of went took a shortcut and actually stay there and wait for it to she shoot that maybe or maybe she was just lucky i don't know but if you want to take a shot like this you need to yeah plan it and be lucky and make sure comp- composition is perfect and focus being perfect as well these people even like if amateurs if you're sitting there you're not moving, and they're moving. They go, move, they move very, very fast, and you have to really, 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 really be ready for it because otherwise, it's just you only get one chance to shoot it. That's it. Also, like, make sure the focus is at the right distance because, uh, you know, so you can't really do anything about it. I'm choosing the scenes from the 2014 Master Golf Tournament provided by Matt's wife um, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago while the Master was going on, and it's beautiful. It really, really is. Um. As you can see, it's a shot from Stuart Sink. I don't know maybe he's, he's a golfer. It's one of those golfer guys that's very non non-descript, nondescript some white dude you know swinging clubs but but the, but the patterns casted by the trees and the the sun and it's it's beautiful it's like it retakes like it takes your breath away because and and the, the photographer had just the thought and say wow look how beautiful this is and let me make sure that everything is out of the way to make to, so people can see the patterns so he took the golfer and shoved him all the way to the upper left so we can enjoy the view and it's very very important to do that because it had this hit if he was in the middle of the shot. You can probably actually do it. No, you can actually probably Photoshop it and stick him in there and see how it looks. It would not have looked anywhere like this. It's um, the photographer really thinking and saying to you, "Okay, look at the picture and look at the patterns. Don't I mean the, obviously the the golfer is important because it wouldn't be a sports photograph if it's just these shadows, but he made it really like he combined everything very very well and and, and it's a great picture for me.
1: It's It's the kind of thing where you the more you know about whatever it is you're covering, that specific event, that stadium, that arena, you're better off. And so one of the things about the Masters is that it's a beautiful course. Lots of golf courses are pretty. They all have lots of green and trees and things like that, ponds and streams and whatever, but... The Masters is known for being a really beautiful course. And so when you're there, you're not trying to make tight pictures, certainly not for the whole time, because you're losing it. You're losing all the context if all you're doing is showing tight pictures of golfers, because you can get those kind of pictures on any municipal course anywhere. So you're at the Masters, one of the most beautiful courses that has ever been made. Yeah, you still need the golfers because they still need to be sports pictures instead of golf course pictures. But when you look at an expanse of green like this with no billboards or security lines or anything like that, all you have are just grass and shadows from the trees, then really what you have to do is just wait for something good to happen. And so this guy's walking the course during the practice rounds and he's like, all right, well, these are all the really pretty places and I want to be here when the shadows come at this time of day. Like these shadows are going to be here at three and I want to make sure that I'm there. And then it really doesn't matter if it was Stewart Sink or Ernie Els or Bubble Watson. It is no. It doesn't matter who won. It doesn't matter who the player is and who his sponsors are or anything like that. It just matters that that player is hitting a shot from a really pretty spot on the grass, and then you compose your picture in the most interesting way that you can. In this case, making the golfer really small so that it's accentuating the open green space and all these shadows. And then you have a picture. It's really, this This is not a high degree of difficulty picture. He didn't have any special gear. He didn't do anything special other than think about where he was and walk around the course at different times and see what looked good at those different times. So it, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that.
0: That will be the end of five, Cross Counter. Five, six, seven, and with that, we end the ninth episode of big lens fast shutter can't do this without you my beautiful listeners and obviously rob who has provided with the masterclass topic today our wonderful producer even if you're not as evil as matt cohen please go to our facebook page and like us better yet do that and subscribe to our blog at biglensfastshutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have a dollar in your pocket, please donate to us. To recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and donate. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month.